Happy Saturday, Mom and Dad. On today's episode, I sit down with Michael Karen of Get Burly to talk about what it means to get burly, what it what it's all about, and how his 15 years in education, both in Teach for America in the inner city of Houston and his work in Boston, has helped him to create a platform that uses experiences to help athletes build more courage, improve their self-talk, and most importantly, help us as parents W-I-N with our athletes. Sit in, get ready. This is a great conversation. I'm excited that you're going to get to meet Michael of Get Burley. Welcome to Raising Competitors, Mom and Dad, a podcast designed by the team at Compete Every Day to help the parents of athletes learn ways to raise strong, healthy competitors. Throughout every episode, you're going to learn ways to improve your athlete's grit, mentality, gratitude, leadership influence, and help them develop the skills we learn in sports that set us up for success in life. My name's Jake Thompson, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, keynote speaker and author, but more importantly, your host on the Racing Competitors Podcast, and I'm so incredibly excited you're here. Let's get to work. Michael, welcome to the Raising Competitor Show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for taking the time. I'm excited. Dude, yeah. So, okay. So as a man who has coached for 45 consecutive seasons of sports, what does an off-season look like for you? <laughs> uh, an off-season for me looks like uh, spending as much authentic quality time with my family as I possibly can. Uh, I always, and I, you know, I, and I talk to athletes about this and parents and anybody that's involved in the space of, of competition, you got to have everything in the four walls that you live in. It's got to be rock solid and, and everything permeates out from there uh, with regards to being able to be the best version of yourself. And so I got to practice what I preach. And when I have that extra time, I really try to dial it in uh, with my family. But in addition to that, an off season would look like, you know, kind of diving into some more training uh, for myself personally, so that I can serve at a higher level which most recently that has meant uh, training with Lieutenant Commander Mark Devine's uh, Navy SEAL-inspired Unbeatable Mind program. And uh, alongside that, kind of partnered alongside that, is a program called SEAL Fit, which is sort of the way uh, the Navy SEALs attack fitness. So that's that's yeah. kind of what it looks like now. Yeah, so talk, talk to me about what inspired you going down that path to, to get certified in that realm. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, I always want to be able to, to serve at the highest level. And you think of you know, high pressure situations, right? When we're involved in, uh, you know, I know a lot of the work you do is in the corporate space, whether it's a corporate space or on the, the field of athletics, there are high pressure situations, boardroom, athletic field. You know, you think of that high pressure free throw, right? You're down one, yep. you're shooting two, you get one to tie, two to win, you know, third and goal or third and short, you know, in, in, in football. And, and there's obviously in every sport, there's high pressure situations, bases loaded, full count. I know you had uh, your softball player on recently. She was a rock star. That was awesome. But these high pressure situations come up over and over again. And I wanted to learn about what's the best way to manage um, those high pressure situations uh, with yourself and then also with your teammates. Um, and I look at everything as a team, um, you know, coaches, players alongside each other, you're all working collectively together as a team yep. with a shared vision and shared goals. So I said, let me go to the most high pressure situations possible which i thought uh, would be the navy seals and there's a lot more on the line right there's a lot more yeah. on the line when when a group of steals is going to a high target mission um than necessarily winning or losing a, a game so i said let me learn from the best of the best and so everything uh just is exactly the way i like it uh everything when it comes to the seals is is all about full immersion in in-person training so uh, of course they threw me right into the fire with that of course of course what what did you learn about yourself in that 
Um, well, I, I learned, you know, uh, I learned a lot about myself, but I, I think the most valuable lessons were, um, you know, we say it all the time. We say that it starts with yourself uh, and everything permeates out from there, but but it really does. Uh, and I, I really learned how to do the inner work uh, in order to um, create calm and peace and uh, success, uh, you know, in, in my own personal life. And, and it really, from that space, I felt that I was a much more powerful coach. So control your breathing, control your thoughts, control your actions, you know, breathe, think, act, um, really working on WIRM, W-I-R-M, which is like the developing the witness. So um, stepping outside of your thoughts, being able to witness them outside of yourself. Um, if something's going in the wrong way, the I is interdict, right? So kind of stop that thought pattern if it's a negative one. Redirect, the R is redirect. So redirect it with a new positive mantra or a positive thought pattern that is aligned with your why. Um, and then the M is maintain. So being able to maintain that new level of positivity, that new uh, shift, shift of, of state change uh, in order to serve at the highest level. So for me, it was really about doing the inner work so that the outer work could change. Interesting. Interesting. I, I always find, you know, to that point, it's putting ourselves in those uncomfortable situations that we really can better discover that stuff. We can better understand ourselves and what goes on there. But uh, so I so going through that, you you took those steps. But I want to flash back for our parents mm -hmm. kind of listening. I teased at the beginning. You did forty five consecutive seasons of sports: football, baseball, <laughs> basketball. Uh, you did teach for America as well. So you've had a lot of time in the education and coaching space, yeah. and I feel like it's changed a lot over the last. 15, 20 years. I mean, I think back 20 years ago, I was just starting college. The things I was dealing with, you know, some of the same that a lot of kids have now, but man, social media, the last five to 10 years, mental health in that regard, the last four years, uh, dating back to kind of 2019 through COVID and what kids had to deal with. I know you transitioned out now, you've got your training and development company, but kind of toward the begin from the beginning to the end, what were some mm -hmm. of the biggest things you noticed that athletes, especially youth athletes playing those sports started struggling with that, that surprised you maybe, or you were learning as you were going that you were unaware of? Yeah. And you know, it, it's a great question. And I, I did everything I possibly could to stay ahead of that curve, but even when you're in it, right? Like I'm, I'm invested in it fully, right? I'm in the classroom with the kids. I'm on the playing field with the kids. I'm having the meaningful conversations. I'm taking classes. I'm training with Navy SEALs. I'm like learning about mental health and wellness. And I'm going to all of these spaces to stay on top. Even when you're right there, it's it's still incredibly challenging in today's day and age. And you mentioned social media and it's a double-edged sword because you know it can be used for so many positive things, but it also can be uh, detrimental to our, our students and our athletes' uh, mental health and wellness. And I think, you know, now more than ever, uh, we have to be really cognizant about what's happening online, um, the types of conversations um, and, uh, that are being engaged and where people are spending time, um, because anything we let in is going to change us. And I think what I started to notice over time was that um, 
influences that weren't necessarily aligned with where we wanted to be mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, emotionally, in order to guide the student athlete to the best place possible, were starting to come in um, in times and in ways that were difficult to monitor as coaches, as parents, as teachers, as educators. And so I think we just have to be hyper aware. Um, and one of the things that I've worked really diligently on over the last several years to sort of combat this is just this level of helping young people, young athletes to understand that the info, it's not just who you, we always talk about, right? The five people that you yep. spend the most time with are who you are, right? But it's not, yep. it's anything, it's anything that you let in. So it is those influences. It is your friends. It is the people you're spending time with, but it's also, what are you paying attention to online? What are you watching? What are you allowing into your sphere? And like, developing that awareness to hit the pause button to ask yourself, like, does this actually, am I, what, what I'm listening to right now? Does this align literally with who I want to become? Does this line up with my why? So part of that work is, helping young people to define a clear and grounded why and hitting the pause button in, during practices and games and having those meaningful conversations, taking the time out, you know, who am I, where do I want to be? Where am I trying to go? What is the type of person that I want to become? And how do I allow, align myself across all domains of life to be moving in that direction, not just with the people that I'm spending time with, but the information that I'm allowing in. So I think that is one of the biggest changes that I think if we can all become a little bit more cognizant of that and help young people to steer their decision-making in alignment with who they want to become with regards to their influences on social media, that will be re really helpful um, to combating a lot of these mental health issues that we're seeing. I'm curious along those lines, because I, I can imagine being 15, 16 and, you know, hearing the question, well, who do you want to be for the rest of your life? Like what, <laughs> what you're just like, I'm 15, 16. I got plenty yeah. of time. Cause I mean, even at 39, we always think we have plenty of time left and and obviously we don't know when that clock's going to stop ticking but at that age you feel like everything's in front of you and mm -hmm. so how do you or how did you how do you now even encourage them to take that second to cast that vision even though it feels like it's so far away they're so far from being an adult that you can at least encourage them to start thinking about it yeah well it's it's also who, what kind of person do I want to be? Right. So yep. establishing your why isn't, isn't, it isn't fully about who, who do I like, what career do I want 20 years from now, but also like, what, who do I want to be? Like, what is the type of person that I want to be? So it's like, who do you look up to? What are some of their characteristics? What do they look like? What are they, what are their actions on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, our good friend, Alan Stein talks about like, yep. what are you doing in the unseen hours? Right. So, okay. You look up to Kobe Bryant. Okay. You look up to, we could take anybody, right. Break it down. What are they doing in the unseen hours? You know, what are their habits like? And then deconstruct that and say, well, how could you align your habits to look like that? Because if that's who you, that's what you want to be like, this is what's required to do that. Um, but I also think like when, when we go on, so when we run an event, like it's a 13 hour journey, right. Mental. Yep. physical spiritual emotional and so it it's 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 a fast forward like bam it hits you hard where you start to think about a young person will start to think about because they're going through all these things like wow life is precious life is finite let me start to make some really good decisions now um because i'm starting to realize how precious this time is that i have here and how quickly it moves and that people around me love me and care about me and support me and i can have the courage now to to make these decisions that Maybe sometimes in a lot of cases, young people are scared because they don't know the outcome, 
right? So it's kind of like that fear of the unknown. But when we help them to, to start to have some experiences where they step outside their comfort zone and they grow and they develop courage and they develop confidence, well, now all of a sudden they start gaining momentum. And they're like, yeah, let me make another decision that aligns with the type of person I want to become. Let me make another one. And so I think it's put, you know, uh, guiding them a little bit outside their comfort zone to get a few wins. And from those wins, we gain a little bit more confidence and then they start to gain a little bit more clarity and then it becomes a momentum shift in their life. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about kind of that 13 hour process and what, what that looks like. What, I mean, who's going to go through that? Who, who wants to volunteer through that? What, what starts them on that process in terms of getting them engaged? Either is it mom and dad just saying, Hey, you're doing this, or is it something they have to knowingly go into? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's establishing really good relationships with the community and the coaching staff. So I'll just give you an example. One of the communities that we work with is out in um, Cedar Park, Texas, which is just north of Austin. Yep. And uh, we run our program there with their high school football team, as well as their uh, high school girls volleyball team. Uh, and we've been engaged in that community for eight years now. And so it's just establishing relationships with the community, establishing relationships with the coaches. But that first initial year, uh, it was like, okay, what's going on? You're sending this guy that trains with the SEALs to engage with our kids all day, all night. So it's just, it's conversations. It's hopping on a Zoom with the team. It's helping them to understand uh, a little bit about who I am and, and the type of work that we engage in and, and why it's important. And then uh, just being super authentic and being, you know, being willing to kind of be vulnerable and open up. And I think, um, you know, when you look at some of the positive experiences that other groups have had at this point, we've gained a little bit momentum where teams are kind of following what we're doing and they're seeing other teams and they're seeing some of the success of some of the other teams and saying, okay, well, this is, uh, this has been a really positive experience for a lot of groups. Let's kind of dive in here. And so when they dive in, it's just, you know, it's an introduction. It's how's everybody feeling, getting the temperature of the room. And, you know, next thing you know, we're on it. Right. So it's, it's just, it's a back and forth day of physical challenges. Um, and then sort of, uh, a, a classroom session where we sort of dial it in mentally to help people understand what was that challenge? What was the purpose of that challenge? What did you have to do? How did you, how did you need to lean into each other? What did the conversations look like in the middle of that when it was really difficult and super challenging and you had no way to get through it unless you sort of dove in together, like talk, talk about those conversations. How could those conversations and how could that teamwork manifest itself on the playing fields in the classroom in your life um, and so it's it's a series of those challenges back and forth throughout the course of the day and then at the end of the night we have this amazing ceremony we have dinner together we break bread and then we we get by a fire and sort of everything all of the emotion from the day all of these challenges all of the conversations all of these uh stepping outside opportunities to step outside of your comfort zone they all sort of come to light in front of the fire and we basically have the team to make a commitment uh, and a lot of times for young people, like, you know, making a sacred commitment isn't something that we that we see often, right? We, we hear about it in marriage, like make a vow, right? You make your wedding vows, but where else do we make like a sacred commitment or where do we have the space to do that in society? So we open up the space to do that and they make a commitment in front of their teammates uh, of something that they want to work on and that they're willing to hold each other accountable to. And then they, when they make the commitment, they throw their log into the fire. And so slowly as each member of the team, like we have a hundred football players in Texas that typically join us. So you can imagine the size of the flame at the end of that oh yeah um, and uh 
And we have this amazing flame and the flame represents the power of the collective unity of the team when they buy in and they commit and they hold each other accountable. So you have this very visceral primordial image in front of them in real time. And so it just opens up like these great conversations, the great, these great levels of authenticity, you know, tears are shed, you know, hugs are, hugs are had, but to get back to your original point, which is like serving your audience at the highest level and some of the parents and community members that, that really, you know, want to have a successful experience for uh, maybe a teen or a child that's involved in athletics. Um, I think, you know, guiding them towards, having the courage to step outside their comfort zone uh, in order to achieve growth is, is a really important process, but it's got to be treaded delicately um, because, you know, it, there is a lot going on right now with regards to um, our, our kiddos mental health and wellness. It's been a very difficult time. Um, but what we've seen is that engaging in these experiences lights them up and gets them on a track to positivity, uh, even if they have been down as of late. Let, let, I want to ask you along that line as well, because you mentioned having the courage in those moments. And we know, you know, in life, two of the biggest fears people have is failure in other people's opinions. And really it's all around other people's opinions because they, they don't really care about failing if nobody else knows it. It's what are other people going to say if I do. Mm -hmm. And so what are ways that you help your youth as well as you're the dad of a five-year-old as well and, and look mm -hmm. for opportunities uh, for not only him, but others to encourage courage and how do yeah. we how do we inspire that courage in others in a society especially even more so with this little device this little phone where everybody's posting wins and perfection and driven by likes that we get people to be courageous enough to step out yeah yeah so marry you know marry the process divorce the outcome right like in in you know, I think you and I could buy into that concept pretty well based yep. on some of the things that we've been through in life, but getting a young person to understand that um, is a little bit more challenging. And so one of the one of the things we always stress is the, the old Cherokee parable, um, which brings us to this concept of starving fear and feeding courage. And so I'm sure your audience is familiar with it, but just to give a quick, you know, uh, overview, the, the old Cherokee parable is a grandson of the Cherokee tribe sitting with his grandfather, and he's talking about the battle of two wolves that exist in the village. And the battle rages on and it exists all the time. And he asks his grandfather, if this battle is constantly going on, which wolf wins? And the grandfather tells him the story that one wolf represents anger, fear, jealousy, false pride, and ego. And the other wolf, the wolf of light, represents joy, peace, benevolence, kindness, empathy, generosity of spirit, courage. And so he says, which wolf wins? And he says, looks down at his grandson and says, the one you feed the most, right? And so what we give our attention to matters. And so yep. we have to learn to starve that fear wolf, which will always be there and feed the courage wolf. So we get it going. We'll echo back, starve fear. They'll yell back, feed courage, starve fear, feed courage. They're going through something. They're in a tough environment. They're one of the challenges we do in Texas is they have to carry these heavy logs two by two for eight hours up and down trails in the hot summer sun. And they're in it. They are in there navigating a trail they're going under like these wooded areas and that log can't hit the ground at all during that eight hours and it's incredible that they do this and it's like which wolf are you feeding right now and they're like starve the starve the fear wolf feed the courage wolf so understanding that our internal dialogue is something that we can control like we'll go back to this again right and i know this is big with you big with our, our good friend alan stein control the controllables right you know, our, our good friend, uh, Lou Holtz, life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond to it. But it's your ability to control those responses that dictate outcomes. So let's lock into the controllable. Having the courage 
to, to step outside of your comfort zone. Having the courage to take those steps is about mastering your internal dialogue. Your internal dialogue is something that you can control. And inevitably that fear wolf is going to creep in, but if you can hit the pause button, right? We, we, we use that like, uh, whole acronym of worm witness interdict yep. re redirect maintain if you can hit the pause button right and so we teach controlled breathing we teach box breathing anytime you're going through a difficult moment go to your breath control your breath right now i've regained control of my central nervous system now i can actually make a decision right does the decision that i'm about to make take me one step closer to or one step further away from my why or for a young person let's just put it the person that I would like to be. And so I think the courage is about feeding the courage wolf and realizing that we can control our internal dialogue. And I always try to talk to parents and young people about there's two voices. And, and really, this is for anybody. I have to remind myself this all the time. There's the voice that we hear from outside people, right, that, that, that are yep. going to judge sometimes. And we talk about ignoring the naysayers, but those voices are always going to be there. We can't control that. And then there's our voice that where we have the ability to cultivate our own story about where we're at, about who we are and about where we're going. And so let's masterfully cultivate that voice in the way that we talk to ourselves and, and what we allow into our headspace and what we don't allow in. And so I think helping young people to learn that process is a really great way to help them develop that courage that we're speaking of. What, what can, so you talked about a lot of this at the event, like mm -hmm. ways you're feeding that, pushing that, yep. what are some things mom and dad and, and parents can do just at home? Like, yeah. what can mom say? What can dad say? What, what can, you know, an aunt, uncle that may be listening to this do to help encourage that, that they're not in that same kind of situation experience that you have? Great question. Well, so I love this acronym win, right? You know, let's, let's try to win, win the day, yep. win the moments. And so it's like we, and when I say we, I mean, everybody, like everybody that's involved in the child's life, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, whoever's like in their space. Right. And so that's, we like, like let's, as parents, let's try to make sure we're kind of all on the same page with, with whatever's going on. Right. And so like one of your previous guests talked about like the car ride, not the coffin. Right. So yeah let's make sure everybody's on the same page with the way that we engage with our kids. So that's the we, right. And then the I is um, we've got to be in a situation where we are going to ignite or initiate. And then the N is now, right. So where am I at today? Where can I be tomorrow? Right. So like, let's embrace the power of now and let's live in the moment and let's try to figure out a situation where everybody, all of us that are engaged and are involved in the child's life um, are on the same page about how, like, what does the, what does the, the student athlete need in this moment? So right after a game, they might not need any criticism, constructive criticism at all. They might need silence, right? And so us, it's practicing some of the same things ourselves, right? On a day-to-day -day basis. If we want our kids to be able to hit the pause button, and react in a, in a positive way to situations, we have to do that too. So if it's right in the car ride after a game, let's hit the pause button and think like, we, I'm one of those people, right? I'm parent, aunt, uncle might be in the car. I have nieces and nephews that play sports and I'm like a huge mentor in their life. So I, I have to practice this too with them, right? Because I'm one of those people. Let's hit the pause button. What do they need right now, right? So let's ignite or let's sort of initiate like a win now in this moment. What's a win right now? A win is silence. A win is like, you want to go get some ice cream? Let's go get some ice cream. You know, um, so I think it's about trying to understand what is going and, and now we have to do that. It's a fine line, right? Because there's got to be yeah. accountability. There's got to be accountability in place, too. So it's 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 conversations. It's understanding collectively. Right. 
where we want to be, you know, and, and I've helped many people to navigate this process where some people are trying to decide, should I coach my kids? Like, is it the best interest to coach my kids? Well, let's, let's set some parameters around that, right? Let's have a meaningful, constructive conversation with your kids about what do they want? Do they want you as a coach? Do they not want you as a coach? This is what it's going to look like if I am going to be your coach. So I think it's about, you know, not everybody's going to have a, a 13 hour get really experience, right? But we are engaging on a day-to-day -day basis um, with our kiddos and, and trying to help them have a positive experience. So I think it's about, you know, we let's get on the same page with the people that matter to us. Let's and ignite or initiate and let's do it now, right? So that's the win. And so we always want to be winning. We always want our kids to be winning. But sometimes that involves us sort of pulling back what our emotions might want to initially do. Like, how did you miss that shot? I can't believe you made that play. Like, are you kidding me? What was your, dis what were you, it's like in this moment, we're, we, we have to disengage from that and think about what's going to best serve. And I think that's, that's where I see most problems having. It's, it's not all problems, but where I see most problems occurring in that space is a lack of emotional regulation. And so I think as people involved in the kid's life, we're trying to get them to control their emotions. <laughs> We've got to work on the same thing as well. Yeah, we get, we get caught up too much in it instead of focusing what's best for them and winning that moment. So I love how you, I love how you phrase that and set our parents up for success. Michael, where can parents get connected with you? Where can they learn more about the work you're doing and all of these programs you've got going on for specifically them, as well as I know you work with adults too. Yeah. So, um, everything's just at get Burley. Uh, oftentimes people will misspell Burley adding an E and there's no E. So it's just get, and then B U R L Y. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, it's just all at Get Burley. So it's it's super simple. Um, what does it mean yeah. to get burly? So the term burly itself refers to being strong, sturdy, and well-built. But we talk about the development of strength from the inside out. So mental toughness, emotional resiliency, um, spiritual connectedness. And then lastly, the last thing is the physical realm. We definitely dap into the physical realm, but we say that the, the real strength is the strength that comes from the inside out. So that's, that's strong, sturdy, well-built and what it means to us. Yeah, no, I love it. Cause it doesn't matter how strong you are on the outside. If the inside crumbles apart, anytime adversity hits the exterior strength does, you no good in those moments. So starting from the inside out, Michael, man, I love it. I appreciate you making some time to join the show and helping our parents and listeners this week. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Raising Competitors podcast brought to you by Compete Every Day. To learn more about the show, listen to past episodes, or get connected with our team, visit RaisingCompetitors.com. We'll see you next episode.